HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by EscapeMaker.com. Visit a farm. Escape through the net. Visit EscapeMaker.com for more. Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. And welcome to the Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. And uh, today's guest is already taking selfies in the studio. The for my mother. <laughs> for, for her mother. For the my l- mother's eyes only. <laughs> so you won't see this. It's, it's a visual show, but no selfies no. will be uh, you know, thrown into the universe. The lovely Rebecca Pepler, food stylist to the stars. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. So... You know, I'm going straight to the cheese, the, the you know, old Wisconsin cheddar. Wisconsin cheddar. Yeah. I mean, and Oshkosh, too, which is, is, I mean, I had those jeans. I had those dungarees. I mm-hmm. had that, what is it called? Overalls? Overalls. I mean, does everyone in Oshkosh wear that? They would all hate me if I said yes. Yes. Yeah. But, I, <laughs> yeah, everyone in the world wears it, too. But, um, yeah, I grew up wearing them, and I actually have uh, adult-sized ones that my mom now gardens in. But they're coming back in style, so I think uh, I might be coming back for those eventually. Yeah. I mean, the Midwest is taking, I think, the, the coast by storm. Yes. Maybe it's, you know, the Midwest nice, the long goodbye, or just the charm of the food there, too. Um, cheese. cheese. I mean, you have a cheese drawer. You just you don't have, like, a couple slices. You have a bag's worth of cheese. Yeah. No, it's actually very strange to me that people, I didn't realize that people don't have cheese drawers. Like we always had a designated drawer that is full of cheese in my house. And, uh, I also have one here in New York now. And whenever I go back to Wisconsin, I bring a cold bag with me and fill it with Wisconsin cheddar. And then I bring it back and I put it in my cheese drawer and I go through it. And then when I run out, I realize I have to go back home. To fill it up again. It's a wonderful also, meter. to see the family. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> also to see the family. <laughs> Cheese first, family yeah, second. exactly. Um, 
you know, more with that Midwestern route, there, there were things I was reading your pantry confidential again, not that I don't know most things about you, but I didn't know seven layer salad. I, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's amazing. Seven layer salad is like the most incredible thing in the entire world. Um, I did a video with one of my really close friends, um, Mari Johnson, who has a YouTube channel, and we made it. So if you want to see it being made from start to finish, definitely check her out. It is quite epic. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's like the creation of the universe, how it's striated. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So it's like a layer of lettuce. Oh, I have to count on my fingers now. <laughs> <laughs> a layer of lettuce, uh, chopped red onion, bell peppers, celery, uh, peas, cheddar cheese, mayonnaise, cheddar cheese, and then... That's like nine layers um, and bacon on top, but it's called seven layers. Of yeah. You have to at least get to that, you know, uh, common denominator of seven. And exactly. Then you can like the bacon is up. extra, but the cheese is very yeah. necessary, as is the mayonnaise. I don't know whether or not it's a color obsession, but orange seems to have been a theme throughout your life because uh, you did this wonderful piece for Gather Journal about curating an all orange, maybe it's the OCD in you too, um, an all orange party for your friends. Yes. Uh, when I was little, I also styled it, which is kind of insane. Like I actually would like, you know, take mandarin oranges out of the can and save the juices to be able to like put on top to make sure they glisten like when I'm serving it and then put all the mandarin oranges into like this perfect circle overlapping perfectly it took forever and if only like nine-year-old rebecca had a pair of tweezers she would have been very happy um so yeah parents of ocd children you know if you want to flourish the food stylist and all of us just like throw a pair of tweezers at your kids because well, don't actually disclaimer no, do not actually throw, throw tweezers at your children <laughs> i just wanted to make sure no, I, you yeah. know i'm liable here. or run with scissors and all of that fun stuff so this collision of journalism and and food kind of happened out of college coming to new york uh, yeah. you had that degree uh, with a minor in art history too yeah. and wanted you know to get your hands dirty yeah exactly so so my kind of reasoning excuse i kind of like to say to come to new york was pastry school and i knew i wanted to combine i studied journalism in college and i knew i wanted to combine food and writing and beauty um coming from my art history background in some capacity and i didn't really know how to do it I didn't know what food styling was. I didn't know it was a career or even existed in the world. And um, I had an internship that introduced me to it, and it kind of spiraled from there. What was that internship? <laughs> it, was a, it was a show on Lifetime, actually. It was a food TV show. And the executive producer, uh, Lauren Dean, who was running the whole operation, took a liking to me and kept me on and hired me actually to do paid work, which was really great yeah. um, for Cooking Channel and Food Network and kind of threw me kind of into the fire, if you will, on uh, food styling, both shows that I was working on. I mean, I know there, there have been articles about food stylists for movies now, but I think the assumption was always that food styling was for still not for motion. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's really um, a different mode, a different mindset on how to style for either. Yeah, definitely. Um, food styling for, for, they're both difficult in their own way, and they both have their kind of positive things. For video, for one, you, can, um, you can't talk a lot, and you're, you know, if your assistant is in the kitchen, which mine are usually in the kitchen prepping our next job, we have to like kind of stay in contact and be like, oh, don't wash dishes right now. You're frying bacon and I can hear it on set and the camera guys can hear it. 
Um, so when you're shooting stills, it's really nice because you can play loud music and you can talk and you can laugh and you can joke and you can cuss um, as much as you want. You can just like you just want me to like so a badly. sailor. It's going to happen. <laughs> So, uh, you know, again, with the video, uh, do you have like insider baseball and how to tell an assistant? Because, you know, when, when you work with somebody, you obviously enter this workplace relationship yeah. and you understand each other's cues. Yeah. I mean, so it's kind of like a kitchen. Yeah, it's it's crazy. My assistants are like so awesome. I have some like really great friends who also get to be my assistants as well. And so I just get to play with my friends on set all day. Um, but normally... Um, the set and the prep kitchen or where my assistant is during the shoot is not in the same location. So we text quite a bit um, or, you know, they'll pop their head up and I'll stare them down or like kind of go to the top of the stairs when we're shooting at um, Melissa's house, Melissa Clark. Um, her house has this like awesome stairwell and the prep kitchen is downstairs and I'll like shove my head down the stairwell and Jade, my assistant, will like shove her head up and we'll like stare each other down and I'll, like mime that I need more cauliflower or yeah. something like that or like to, you know, fire the chicken or something. So well, I mean so you have that partition in real life, but you know, there's a difference between set and prep too. And uh in talking to photographers or other creatives, mm-hmm. uh I think the assumption is, you know, a day rate means being on set, but there's so much more to do before oh even getting there. Yeah. I feel like being on set is the easy part. Um, for, for every shoot, there's always pre-production. And for me, pre-production includes both communicating with the client and figuring out what we need and getting the recipes in and making sure that I'm going to have the swaps that they want and what the talent is going to be doing on camera. But it also means that I'm cooking or shopping and preparing as much of the food as possible. So I spend prep days prior to being paid for prep days doing pre-production paperwork and emails and calls. And then I spend a prep day, which I fortunately get paid for um prepping the food and chopping the ingredients and like sourcing out crazy ingredients that you can't find everywhere wait what can't we find right now and where can you find it um tonka beans tonka beans yeah. I thought those were illegal they are okay Shh, guys yeah cauliflower uh what a cauliflower pantomime is <laughs> I, I want to know what an illegal tonka bean is and i want to eat one. Oh, we're we're going to give you a tonka bean after the show oh, but yeah. it's on the it's on oh, you the know DL. What? you come to my place in crown heights we'll we'll hook you up yeah that sounds yeah. good yeah i just brought them back um i found them in paris actually and one i was with actually my best girlfriend who's also jade the assistant that i was just talking about and we were at a store and she like i saw them and i was like dude what are these weird brown seed things? And she was like, she was a pastry chef prior to um, going into TV and she got so excited and they're so expensive, but they're these like kind of like vanilla flavored, musty, smoky beans that you grate into food like you would nutmeg. And um, they're, they're insane. Like I've been making cookies with them. I've been throwing them in cakes. I've been like experimenting in all ways that I can, but they're also illegal in the states because if you it's it disrupts your nervous system if you eat too much i thought (laughs) i thought they were just blood thinners i thought it was just like taking an advil yeah a tasty tasty i haven't really done my research though so i just know that they're not good if you eat too many of them so whenever i like make people smell them because they have this intoxicating smell i'm also like please don't put them in your mouth (laughs) like let me control how much i'm giving to you so there's this fascination with with pastry and the sweeter side of the culinary arts yeah um do you find yourself kind of straying away from savory or 
You know, most of my, like, 95% of my work is savory. Like, I don't get to style sweets all the time. I actually just styled a cookbook that's all sweets, which was, like, the best week of my life. Um, But for the most part, it's all savory stuff. So when I do get to do sweets, it's, like, in my own time or, um, you know, something like that. But the the pastry background comes into play every single day. Um, Pastry is so meticulous. You measure everything. You're careful. Um, to like make sure that you have exact proportions of everything. And when you're food styling or when you're testing a recipe or you're doing anything, especially if it's not your recipe and you're representing somebody else, you want to make sure that it's really accurate. So I kind of pull on that side of myself. I mean, let's talk about being exacting too, um, because representing something visually, you you know, you don't want to trick people. You don't want to fake people out. But also in the recipe testing, you know, Mm -hmm. forum, uh, you work with Melissa Clark, do a lot of New York Times videos with her. Mm -hmm. And she is just the queen of, of, you know, recipe writing. That woman knows how to write a recipe. It's insane. And it's, it's almost flawless, not only in its like prose, but you know, it's amount. Yeah. Yeah. No, she, she really, and she like, you know, she and her recipe testers like go through those over and over and over again. Um, so it's nice for me when I get on set, she's, um, a client that I always know the recipes are going to be not only delicious, but accurate. And so I don't have to worry that they're not going to turn out because sometimes recipes, especially when they're written by, um, sometimes recipes cannot be as accurate as you want them to be. And when you're food styling them, you want to make them in the way that, you know, is going to accurate, accurately represent how they come out. But you also want to make them beautiful. And hers, I always, I have no, no, worries about yeah. it like i have a, like a 15 minute conversation with her on the phone to like make sure i have the right swaps and i rarely have a question on her recipes because they're so well tested so did you take that meticulous styling nature and and kind of parlay that into recipe development since you're already thinking that way yeah definitely um because you have to you, you can't just think about what you would want to do like you know when i cook for myself i'm just like throwing ingredients in and i'm not paying attention to like how much salt i'm adding or you know how much Vinegar is going into something, but as you well know with vinegar, if you add too much... I don't know anything about vinegar. No, you know nothing about vinegar. I don't know. Um, If you add too much, it can really disrupt the recipe if if you don't know what you're doing. And that's what we're writing recipes for, is for people that either don't know what they're doing or don't want to think about what they're doing. And they can just follow a recipe to kind of... Point. Yeah, it's 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 like writing something with such precision, so concisely, but has this like latitude to it. Yeah, that you know, or or you know, it factors in human error in a way that you know it's still okay if you mess up a little here, mess up a little there. Exactly, exactly, and it's it's fun. Like it's fun to be able to you know take something like recipes. Like you know, I don't think there's a recipe out there that hasn't been written, but there's also unlimited possibilities so you can always like you know make up a new you know flavor of cookie or something you know that you think you would initially think you can't make new but there's always a new way to kind of vary it and that's my favorite part of my job is I always get to like create and discover new things and like we're talking about Melissa she always has like a new technique that I've never thought of before or her readers have never thought of before and she just like throws it out there like it's nothing and then you learn something new on set every day. Yeah. What are your, some of your favorite new techniques? Oh, God. Um, or standbys, you know, that people should incorporate into yeah, that. Yeah. Well, I think my favorite standby is like a broiler. People forget about their broilers. They're an amazing 
they're amazing. It's fire in your kitchen and it's, you can use it to do, you know, toast bread. I mean, I was just at an event last night and it was a bunch of food people and we realized that most of us don't have a toaster, which is insane. But at the same time, like I've, I haven't had a toaster in New York. Like I just toast my bread in the, under the broiler or like take my little, like, you know, kitchen torch and flame it up. But, um, I use my broiler all the time. I actually, when they tell you, don't turn on the oven, it's summer, it's too hot. Yeah. I use the broiler. Yeah. Because you're getting that powerful heat for a much less amount of time. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you have to be careful and you want to make sure you don't put anything too close to it if you, you know, are putting parchment paper in there or something like that. You're way too but cautious. I'm a pa- I'm pastry background. Yeah. <laughs> Precision, man. Yeah. Precision. Yeah. They don't get hurt. Well, yeah. we'll come back and talk a little bit more about the fun stuff. Excel Ooh. spreadsheets. <laughs> spreadsheets. <laughs> You've been listening to the food scene on Heritage Radio Network.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. We'll be right back. It's apple picking season. Join EscapeMaker.com and the New York Apple Association at the Union Square Green Market, Friday, September 18th, and Friday, October 16th. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. for the 2015 Apple Palooza Games. Go to the EscapeMaker.com pop-up booth for all your regional agritourism information and a chance to play Apple-themed games like Giant Apple-themed Twister. You could win a bag of delicious apple cider donuts and fresh apple juice. Everyone will receive helpful information on where to go for pick your own apples this harvest season and a fresh apple grown in New York State. There's no better time to explore outside the city. Soak up the fresh air and scenery like a butterfly and support your local orchard. Log on to escapemaker.com to get inspired and make your escape through the net. Here's what Heritage Radio Network would sound like without donations. It's not as good as the show you were just listening to, is it? Give us a few bucks. Help keep us running. HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Click the Donate tab on the top right corner. Oh, no, Jack, I'm just being silent because I thought it'd be funny if I actually logged on to Escape Maker and just got away, just left right now. Mm-hmm. No more Roberta's, no more Heritage Radio. You can just, do it. Yeah, yeah, I, I just may. So if, if you guys don't hear from me next week, it's because I'm going on a little vacation. Apple picking. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Let's talk apples. That's a wonderful segue, Jack. Yeah. Just because I have such a surplus right now. And, you know, you're on set and you, you do these recipes and usually there's that food swag that happens at the end of a set. Oh, yeah. Mine's swag. apples right now. Is it, is it pronounced swag and not... Swag? swag? Swag is the weed? No, it's it's swag. It's swag. It's swag. I've been saying it wrong. Swag. No, it's swag. You're you get a swag bag. This. I know this thing. Yeah, you get a swag bag. A swag, swag bag. bag. You get a swag bag. I mean, right. some people do get swag bags, I guess. I think you need a license for that. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about illegal food soon with uh, uh, our peanut gallery over here. Uh, yeah. um, but apples on set. I mean, this surplus, your pantry must be loaded. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I've bought olive oil for myself in a really long time because there's constantly leftover stuff from um, set. Um and my and my fridge is like half size, so when I do prep for sh- shoots, it's like insanely full, and then it's completely empty. Your whole apartment is half size. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's 
true. It's it's actually crazy how much I can output from that kitchen when it's smaller than this room. Well, I mean, it's crazy the amount of gear, tools that you bring to set. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had the you know honor of working with you many a times, yeah. and the collection of you know paintbrushes, Q-tips, offset spatulas, water bottles with both water and vodka if you need a nip. Yep, a little little spray halfway through your shoot. Yeah. Really, I swear to God, there's no photographer I've ever worked with. That has not taken that bottle and sprayed it into their mouth. I don't believe I have. Was I really that far gone? I think you <laughs> might have at some point. But, I mean, what else? What should a stylist have in their toolbox? Tuba- uh, God, I didn't listen to your list. <laughs> <laughs> then just start from, do your Excel uh, spreadsheet. No, I mean, I have, like, paintbrushes, like, that I love. And I uh, always carry around, like, vegetable oil, um... And what if I'm doing like meats or you know roasting anything? I always save all the juices from everything and um, use that to brush back onto the meat when it's on set and sitting under lights and getting hot and kind of gross. It really helps refresh it. Um, yeah, the spray bottles are huge. Uh, water in one. I mix Karo's corn syrup and um, water in another one to kind of like have like a sticky substance that you can spray on glasses to look like perspiration or condensation. Um, and then cheap vodka, like super, super cheap vodka. It's disgusting. Um, in one bottle. That just helps. It's food safe. It cleans plates. Uh, alcohol evaporates so it doesn't leave streaks like water does. And it's a really fun party trick because, you know, everybody everybody gets really excited when they see vodka on a little tiny bottle. Well, um, I'm going to give away. Can I give away your party trick? <laughs> Yes. Oh, you don't you don't know what it is? No, I don't know. We were shooting this cookbook, uh, Lucas Vogler's Bowl, which is coming out in spring of 2016, I believe. And it's just going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be such a cool But book. we wrapped. But wait, before you tell this story, I don't do this for all of my shoots, and they're all going to hate me now. Or expect this. Well, I... You expect it. I, I do expect it from now yeah. on. And I yeah. feel like the industry should take on this this magical, magical thing um, <laughs> as a whole. And accreditation completely to you on it's, this. It's a Pepler move. She leaves after a five-day shoot to go take a phone call outside. And a real phone call. This is this Yeah, it wasn't a fake phone like call. I'm not faking this. And we're standing in, this, in, in the studio, and this smell starts emanating. And, and Lucas goes... Wait, is the oven on? What the heck's going on? Because we thought we had shut everything down. Opens it up to find the fragrance of beautifully just baked chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. It's like the best ghosting move ever. <laughs> I came back and served them. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't that's ghost true. Entirely. Didn't ghost, but it's like an Irish bake by. I don't know. I'm going to have to come up with some. It was amazing. Yeah. It's a, well, I'm Dutch, German, and French, so some weird goodbye from those cultures yeah you like cookie dropped i i dropped dropped. those cookies man yeah i like how we haven't introduced you so this (laughs) ominous voice yeah 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 yeah, and i'm not going to tell people people are just going to have to listen later in the season to find out who this uh booming base is i'm really sorry i'm going to tell my mom when she uh when she gets my selfie text (laughs) does your mom have any idea anything that i who i am she might she might yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't, she doesn't really, I can't, I can't say anything no, I else. barely know who you are. That's why that's we're. the point, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why we're going to do an interview. I surprised. Yeah. Where does your mother live? I'll make you take a selfie and I'll send it to my mom too. And we'll see. We could we'll see who she together. recognizes. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin. Rec- oh, right. The land the of cheese. cheddar. That's right. She, she actually just brought me cheddar cheese this past weekend. And like, 
made my heart and my cheese drawer swell with yeah. happiness. Well, the heart swelled because of the cholesterol. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you share this wonderful cheese? I mean, yes. I've, I've seen. Yes, I do. I do. I'm actually. Uh, it's usually I bring back like six blocks of like premium cheddar, and uh, I bring one to my best girlfriend. Her my goddaughter loves cheese quite a bit and her favorite is blue cheese but i'm really working on her to get the wisconsin cheddar as her favorite uh if there's not blue cheese in the house cheddar is her second choice so i'm feeling pretty good about my chances uh i i have another one that i like give like out to like another another couple that i give out to friends kind of willy-nilly depending on who hasn't gotten it for a while and then i i save some for myself and i definitely go through it alone late at night with pretty much nothing, maybe a beer, maybe some pickles, yeah. but like that's about it. Me that and my is, knife. That is Wisconsin. Yeah, watching some good TV. Yeah, a TV show. I can't. Well, can't <laughs> say anything. Well, this love, this affinity <laughs> for cheddar. <laughs> yes. it, it, it's it's more than love. I mean, but what's amazing is it you is. wrote a book about honey for short stack editions. Yeah, and you didn't quite like honey or understand it before going yeah. to that so what's your mindset as a recipe developer as an author and you know having that stylist uh, uh you know imagery in your head as to how you wanted to proceed with this with honey yeah uh well you know like yeah you're right i i in the intro to the book i actually <coughs> admit that i hated honey for a little while um but you know not a severe hatred but it was there I, I, you know, I never had good honey. I always had that kind of crappy honey bear honey that's not really honey, and we've been learning that it's, you know, a mix of a bunch of different things and probably doesn't contain any honey at all, or sometimes does, sometimes doesn't. But um, I had this, like, moment uh, not too long ago, which is kind of sad, uh, where I tasted real beautiful honey, local honey, and realized that I had missed out on quite a few decades of my life not eating honey so now i'm a little bit obsessive with it but then i you know then short stacks approached me about doing a book and uh, we chose honey as my ingredient and i pitched it not really thinking about it and uh then i got to delve into this like awesome world of honey which is insane and we you know picked some single varietals so i got to really like you know taste through a bunch of them and then choose my favorites and uh yeah but as a as a recipe developer and tester basically being in food you have to be willing to try new things and kind of put yourself out there and even if you don't like something to still try it and you know i people are always asking like the food that i hate and there's you know there's nothing that i don't eat besides peanuts which would kill me and that's really the only reason otherwise i would definitely be eating peanuts oh yeah i think i owe you a tahini sesame don don noodle yeah, dude, it's been two years we've My been bad. talking about this. Well, I want to talk about a muse of yours, uh, which is Paris. Huh. You know, recently yeah. came back from there. Um, hopefully I get to see you there later this year. Yes. But it, talk about the beauty of Paris, about, you know, the produce, but, you know, also that je ne sais quoi. Uh, yeah. I mean, I fell in love in with Paris. And um, it's, you know, the food is incredible. And I've always I've always had a, an affinity for French food. And my pastry background <coughs> is in French pastries. Um, but the markets there, like, are just insane. I mean, you walk through and everything's beautiful and everybody is, you know, out. There's just this, like, there's not a generation gap. You know, you see grandparents and um, young children and everybody is just excited about the food. Um 
So one of my favorite things to do there was just to go to the market and figure out what to make for dinner. And it was it was a really fun time. I actually met this incredible vendor at one of my local markets. I was uh, kind of by Oberkamp for um, I was taking French lessons over there. And so I would stop before I went to lessons. And this woman kind of took a liking to me. My French was terrible, but she uh, she was willing to kind of let me speak to her in really crappy French and ask questions. And she would start like, you know, giving me like a fig as a treat or, you know, like a little box of radishes. And it was just, I mean, you know, people have this idea that these, you know, people in France are so like uptight and so stingy and like not, not willing to like, um, like show their love and their affinity for this food. But then you get there and they're just, you know, so open and honest and happy about it and everybody's just you know really enjoying food which is pretty much my life so i fit in quite well yeah um i mean they're so proud too of how they display and it's kind of harkening back to you know your art history background Mm -hmm. uh you see these dutch alcoves you see you know these paintings of of you know farmland or i mean they're so serene yeah and they're so beautiful um because they're so curated yeah and that's what the markets kind of are like there yeah there's just there's, there's this a little bit of a refinement and such an appreciation for food and for beauty, um, beauty outside of food, beauty within food, that it's it's intoxicating for sure. So what's next for Pepler? Oh, Pepler. What's next? Um, I'm actually heading back to Paris in a couple weeks to eat more food, and uh, I'm bringing a block of Wisconsin cheddar with me to bring him. I'm spreading the cheddar yeah, love. They have, yeah. It's, they have hamburgers it's set aside. And now that it's out in the universe, I can't not do it because I actually was keeping that a secret. So, so now apparently I can't eat that cheddar cheese by myself, um, which is probably a good thing. Uh, yeah. And then I just, I have a lot of, a lot of awesome projects coming up this, you know, fall and winter and some books that I'm working on and some, um, fun recipes that are coming out and fun books that I just shot. It's a, it's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a, it's going to be a busy, but very fun season, I think. And if you don't know the Pepler, know the Pepler, because what, what's that Who biggie lyric? I think pepper. I do it. I think I've said it a couple of times <laughs> on the show and I always screw it up. Um, if you didn't know, now, you know, the Pepler. If you don't know. If you don't know, I screw it up every know. time. God damn it. <laughs> not if you didn't know the Pepler, now you know the Pepler. Yeah. I, if Biggie said that, that would be pretty dope. Pepler. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll remix it. But Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Biggie. R.I.P. Um, uh, RebeccaPepler.com has all that information. Mm-hmm. And if you are a photographer looking for a recipe developer, a food stylist, or just a good human being. Who will give you cheddar cheese. And maybe pull that cookie thing. Sorry. Maybe. Maybe. If I like you yeah. enough. Meet the Pepler. Thanks, Meet the guys. Pepler. <laughs> Thanks for being on. You've been listening to the Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. A big thanks to EscapeMaker.com. As always, music by Cookies, the band. And uh, next up, we're going to have a little clip from Cooking Issues. That crazy Dave Arnold. Thanks for uh,
research old recipes on pancakes and waffles, you'll find that the major difference between them, in fact, in some ways, the only difference you need to pay attention to between them is that a waffle recipe is going to contain a significant amount of oil or oil-like thing like butter, okay? Host of Cooking Issues, Dave Arnold, on the true difference between the beloved breakfast sweets. And the reason is the sticking to the sides of the of the waffle iron. So if you try to do a lower fat version of a waffle, you'll find that it just sticks like a like nobody's business. Modern day waffle irons have a Teflon coating on the inside of them and are much better at releasing and so don't require as much fat in them as the old school recipes. And so you'll see a lot of more modern recipes really tone the fat level down because the fat level can be quite high. We're talking well over half of a cup in like a four and a half cup flour recipe. I find though that I like it better with that high amount of uh, fat in it. Long story short, I use the same recipe because I'd rather have the more fat in my pancake recipe than the less fat in the waffle. It makes it easier to remember. So I use the same batter for both pancakes and for waffles. This was an excerpt from episode 101 of Cooking Issues. Want more of your cooking questions answered? You can find all Cooking Issues episodes and much more available anytime on heritageradionetwork.org and on iTunes. Heritage Radio Network is a member-supported nonprofit organization broadcasting over 30 live shows a week. To learn more and donate, visit our website or connect with us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram for more. Thanks for listening.